Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. Today, I'm so honored and happy to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. And a returning author, I might say. She is S.G. Blaze, and her winning book is titled Proud Pata. Two previous books titled The Last Luminian and True Terran also won in a previous Firebird contest. She says that she wrote her first story at 10 years old and she's still writing today. We've got lots to find out and there's more at her website, which we'll get to in a minute. So welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here again. Thank you so much, Pat. I am so happy to be back. And congratulations again on the win. Thank you very much. Oh, it's such an honor. It's an honor to have you back. The first that we had, I guess, was The Last Luminian and then True Terran, right? That's correct. All righty. Well, before we dig into this new book today, I want to start with your dog, Apollo. I read your blog and I heard about the dreaded cone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did have some experience with that. (laughs) Was it 28 days? Yes, it was brutal because uh, after the surgery, he had two cataracts removed, one from each eye. And so we had to make sure he does not dislodge the new lenses. So that required, you know, all the eye drops. I believe we did 60 eye drops in one, uh, I don't know if it was one day. In the beginning, we had to do a lot. It was regimented every I don't know if it was every two hours or every four hours, but, it, you know, that was a very uh, regimented system. And one of the requirements was to have him wear this cone to make sure he can't scratch his eye. Mm-hmm. And he hated every second of it. He looked at us as we were torturing him personally. <gasps> well, you kind of were. <laughs> <laughs> we were. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were. It wasn't fun on for us, too. Let me just be candid about that. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. I have cats and I, I, one had surgery at one point in time and we had to supposedly have this cone on her. Well, the cat just freaked out and was flying around the house with this cone on. And I thought this is going to be a whole lot worse. So I took the cone off at her neck. They were going to do a tracheotomy. And so there was a a cut in her hole in her neck. I um, cut socks. I cut the toe off of a sock and then slipped it over her head so that she couldn't scratch, and they had a couple layers of socks on, and that actually worked. You get tricky, and, and you figure things out when you absolutely have to. Oh, absolutely, oh. and I'm glad that she's doing better now. Well, well same with Apollo, so uh, they're still our friends, right? Exactly. <laughs> For their own good. All righty, well... Let's get to business here. Um, Before we get into your book, I I also read that in 2012, you say that a European road trip changed your life forever. Just maybe tell us how so. Why is that? That European road trip in 2012 was the beginning of my writing journey, Pat. That is the time when we were, I believe, in Austria, when I woke up, uh, you know, in the middle of the night uh, feeling jet lagged. And I had this idea I had to write down. And that was the beginning of the last Lumanian saga. And looking back now, it's it's surreal to see that started me on this whole unbelievable experience and journey. That's so interesting that there was a moment. You know, it wasn't like an organic process that kind of a journey that wound about. It was that moment where you said, oh, my gosh, I I need to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is a win for the third in the series. 
Did you always know that you were writing a series when you first started the first book, or did that just kind of transpire? I always suspected that this is going to be a multiple series. Mm-hmm. The numbers changed over the years. At some point, we had 12 books, then went down to seven. Now we're hovering around 10. And the reason is for that because I'd like to make the series to be organic. So what feels natural for the process and the progression of the story, that's the amount of books that this series is going to have. And so right now we're at number 10. Mm -hmm. Wow. All righty. So maybe give us a peek. Tell us a bit about the book. Well, the third book in the last Romanian series is about Lila, our main hero, who has to travel to this world called Pada, following the trail of a ruthless murderer. However, the disappearance of the Terran uh, Emperor complicates matters. Now she is in a race against the clock, and she must find this Emperor and whoever is behind these conspiracies and crimes before the, this empire implodes and throws everything into chaos and she loses the era war. Unfortunately, her success depends on the proud Pada. So as you're writing this, I know that you're big on characters and, and character development. We might have talked about this before, but I still think it's important just to talk about how you develop these characters. Uh, when I develop these characters, I try to focus on multiple aspects that goes beyond the superficial of how they look. I try to put them into a so-called corner and see how they react to each other. Usually there are four characters that I compare and contrast based on what they believe in, what their values are, and who they are. And this gives me enough conflict to know about these groups at any given time, how they would interact in a certain situation. And I build this uh, further looking at, you know, what's their weakness? What is the lesson they have to learn at the end of the book? What is their desire? Is this a desire that conflicts with the main hero's desire? Because if it does, that will give us even more content. So I try to develop these characters as organically as possible when I write the series. Do you do this off the page before you sit down to, to write? How, how do you put them in a corner? How does that happen? When I put them in the corner, I mean I spend uh, about three to four months developing my notes. And the way I develop my notes is I have sections. I, I look at the premise first, and I go from there, you know, which starts to give me ideas of what the characters and what they're going to do. Then I look at the characters. I look at structure. I look at world building from the structural point of view, because the world building has to also challenge the character. And then I go to the very last point, which is scenes, and that's when I'm about to get ready to start the book. So these notes basically the starting point uh, for the every book, and these notes can be anywhere from 100 to 100, 200 pages that I use and I rely on before I start writing. Wow, lots of preparation work then involved. Do you always like your characters? I love the characters, Pat, even when they are the opponents, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. That's because They are challenging my hero. They are challenging her and allow her to learn from her mistakes. And and as she learns, she becomes a better person. And that I find very inspiring in every book when I see a character learning and becoming a better person. So I absolutely enjoy the process of of diving into the the notes and before I start writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I I can see that. Wow. How do you then 
balance these characters against the plot? The balance is basically everything has to be organic. Everything has to build on each other. So when there is a character, there has to be a, a very important reason why they're there, and it's not because they're cute or they're funny. There has to be a reason. Usually I love contrasting characters against each other. You know, if we have someone who loves peace and we have someone who believes in fighting, you know that when they get together, there's going to be a lot of conflict and there's going to be a lot of content. It would be interesting to read that scene about them. So that's how I try to balance these characters to make sure they serve multiple purposes and it allows the readers to get uh, more immersed into this world and get, uh, you know, more excitement out of the story. Mm -hmm. So with all of this pre-work that you do, is there much rewriting to be done? Or once you've done all of this work ahead of time, does does then it just flow? When I do this work, uh, and when I did it for the first book, I had to do six rewrites from from uh, page one, and it was blank page, 500 page average. So that was a lot of work, and that's because I was learning this process. The second book was much easier, and, and I worked on it a lot faster. But each book, as I'm learning, they have at least one extra version, uh, which I call revision, where I look at, did I cover every plot gap? Did I cover... You know, the world building, is it deep enough? And that's when I go back and fill in the gaps uh, and try to make sure that the storyline is, is direct and it's forward and it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. How do you know when you're done? I know when I'm done, uh, when I reach that point that the second revision, the second line edit is over. And usually my editor helps me to to understand that, yes, the story is in a very good shape. We're not missing anything. Everything is consistent. The storyline is consistent. We have the cause and effect in order. And that's when I know it's time to go for copy editing, which basically looking at grammar and consistency in the text and ensuring everything is in a tip-top shape. Mm-hmm. Have you had the same editor or people working with you throughout the series? I sure did. I had the same editor, Pat, and they are called the New York Book Editors. I highly recommend them to anyone who is in the search for a great editor. They're very professional. I have a line editor, Julie. She does the line editing twice. And then I have a copy editor, William, who does the final touch-up. And they're very professional. And they go above and beyond to ensure that the book is in a great shape before it gets published. Yeah, you couldn't do this without all of those eyes and uh, thoughts. You couldn't do this by yourself. Yeah, that's correct. You need a team around you, especially when you're, you know, it doesn't matter if you're self-published or traditionally published. The only difference is that when you're self-published, you have to search for the team. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come built in. Mm-hmm. And But everyone has an editor, a cover designer, you know, someone who helps with marketing. It's just part of the process. Right, right. Yeah, I know, I know that there's an expense involved in that too. And so then how, you know, you've got to balance that. Okay, I'm spending all of this time and then this expense to do this in hopes of a return. And then as you mentioned marketing, then you've got that to, uh, to add to the list of things to do as well and hope that you can, you know, glean sales from it to help balance the expense of time and money. 
That's correct. And and it's not easy and everyone figures out what works, what doesn't work. You definitely don't want to uh, spend the money on marketing that doesn't work. So the first two things that I would say is non-negotiable is paying for an editor and paying for a good cover designer. These are experts in their field. And if you don't have an eye-catching cover, nobody's going to pick up that book or it's less likely that the reader is going to reach for that book. And if they open that book and that text is not uh, professionally edited, they're going to put that book down. And we don't want that to happen. When we get to marketing, that's where uh, you can balance the cost and, and see what works and focus on that. Highly recommend to do in-person events, you know, to interact with your readers, interact with uh, readers and build a community. And over time, it pays off. Obviously, this is not a field where we're going to get rich uh, fast. That's not the whole point of this game. But it's it's important to understand that long-term, it's worth it. And I love every second of this process, and I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> I could tell you're quite passionate and involved in your <laughs> in your work. It is it is who you are. Oh, my gosh. You go even a step further. I, we, I know we mentioned this the last time, but we should mention it again, that you take the time to create maps and share those on your website as well. I love that aspect, Pat, when we get to the point of creating maps because it's the visualization of each story, each book, and it allows the reader to to see how immersive this world is, to see how vast this world is, and, and to compare it to the story and follow it along the maps. It is absolutely a stunning process. The map designer, Cliff, he is super talented. Every time he comes up with a, a you know, creative tip of why he does something, I'm always at awe. It, the, you know, like little tidbits, like the first map, it's a shape of an anatomical heart. And I just was blown away when he chose that shape because we both put our heart into this, uh, you know, work. Because for us, it's a labor of love. And these are the little tidbits that just makes this whole process truly phenomenally enjoyable. And I'm sure the feedback you get from your readers and fans um, appreciate that. They see that and feel it and sense that you've put so much into this work. That is very, very true, Pat. And I love when my readers reach out on social media, Instagram, uh, send an email, ask questions, or or leave little comments of what they enjoy, what they love. When they look at the characters, uh, look at the map, it's such an awesome feedback, and it's always surprising. And I tell you this, they always come at the right time when I need a little pick-me-up. So I truly appreciate everyone who took their time and who will take the time to visit uh, SG Blaze on social media and leave a little comment. It's It means the world to me. You know, I'm so happy you said that um, because it seems like a little simple thing to do. In fact, it seems so simple that many people just don't do it because it just seems like, well, so you, so you put a heart or a thumbs up or you make a comment. But I've heard from so many people that just what you said, that sometimes the timing is just so perfect. You're maybe feeling down for whatever reason, might not even have anything to do with your writing. And somebody puts just a little wink or a comment, and wow, doesn't that just change the trajectory of your day? Oh, it, it, it changes the day, the mood. It inspires me to work harder. Oh, I can keep going on and on on that. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's worthwhile to hear that because, I, as I said, I think it's such a simple gesture that it's so simple that people don't do it. And so I, I think we need to be mindful that just a little something thrown in the coffer there can really make the difference in somebody's day and in, in their life, perhaps. That's very true. And I'd like to encourage, uh, you know, all the listeners and the readers out there to, to do this because we authors, we're we're just simple people. We're avid readers with a fondness of story for storytelling, but we are just like you, you know, you and all the listeners out there. We're leaders. We appreciate storytelling. And when someone takes that time and it really costs them nothing but the goodness of their heart to do that little like or share or talk about it with their friends or leave a, a review. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on the reviews and how important they are. It really costs nothing, but for the author, for me, it is more, it is priceless, Pat. It's absolutely vital to, to survive this business and to build momentum so that more and more readers can find the book and hopefully fall in love the way I did fall in love with the story in that early day in Austria. <sighs> Absolutely. Yes. So important to write a review. And I think a lot of times people feel, well, maybe I'm not a good writer. So why, how could I leave a review that, that even sounds well crafted or well put together? And I want to encourage people not to think that way. Just, just put something down on paper that expresses how you feel about the book and not worry how it's written. Oh, that's beautifully said, Pat. And if you don't mind me piggyback on that, I would also like to encourage, just as you did, all the listeners and readers out there, it's a lot more simple to leave a review than you think. It doesn't have to be a plot summary. It's whatever comes from your heart, even if it's just a couple of sentences of what you like, why you like, just answering those two questions or maybe adding a bonus question of would you recommend that book to someone? That's all it takes to create that review. And it's, I promise you, no more than two minutes, the whole process, but it adds up for that author and then the Amazon algorithm kicks in and then more readers see it and then more people start to, to be curious about the book intrigue. It really is, uh, uh, such a paying it forward. It's the most uh, amazing thing. It's such kindness that they can do to that author that it really is truly priceless and absolutely vital. So true. And you said the words paying it forward. It also can serve a very selfish motive as well, because when you do something kind of anonymous and kind, well, that just makes you feel better as well. And so just think if you went around doing that several times a day, just kind of randomly leaving some positive reviews, whether it's on Amazon or on social media, you know, at the end of the day, it fills you up as a person, as a human. It fills your soul with saying, hey, I did something nice and I didn't have to do it. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. So there's a lot of benefits for the person who is leaving the review or leaving the comment as well. I completely agree. You beautifully said it. And I hope more people feel encouraged to do and leave that little review whenever maybe they need a little pick-me-up. Mm -hmm. so it's just truly a, a positive uh, loop that just feeds on itself and keeps building. For sure. It's a win-win all the way around. So I'm glad we highlighted this. I didn't plan to do that, but you never know where we're going to go, do you? Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I had a blast explaining, <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> Very important uh, 
topic, that's for sure. I agree. I agree. So when you're writing, are you thinking of your readers as you write? Where's your headspace when you're writing? When I write, I definitely keep readers at the forefront of my mind, but not the way you expect. I'm not writing to a so-called market. I'm writing, imagine, when I write, I imagine that the reader's going to read this story and they're going to laugh at this joke, or they're going to be excited to see what happened to Leela and Callum, how their relationship develops, or they're going to be curious what the next book is about, because something happened in book three, and is the author going to take that farther, you know, or, or if I leave these little crumbs and they, they pick up on that, these clues, and they're curious, when is it going to pay off? That's what I'm trying to think, and that's what I imagine when I write, is that all the readers, all the listeners get something out of it, or maybe just feel inspired to be the hero in their own life and do something, follow their dream, just do something that makes them happy, and at the end of the day, you know, that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. You want to evoke a feeling in your readers once they put the book down. What is your hope? When uh, I hope to evoke the feeling when they put down the put down the book is that they they think of the characters as if they're their friends and they they wonder what's next for them and they they think about the story and maybe they reread the book and they they find new aspects of it that they didn't see. That's my hope and I and I hope that all the readers go away feeling entertained. And with that little message, I like to say is that you don't have to be perfect to be a hero. Mm. Ooh, I like that. You don't have to be perfect to be a hero. Yeah, because let me tell you, my main character is anything but perfect. She's a 19-year-old princess who is trying to figure out where she fits in this life. And she is dealing with a mental health issue. She's claustrophobic. So she's learning how to balance her life, how to figure out where she belongs, managing relationships. She's having a very demanding boss in the arch goddess. And so she has a lot on her plate. And I hope that every reader and listener will find something that they can relate to in these books and, and, and feel that, you know, they're represented when they read these stories. Yes, that's me, you know, and they can recognize a little glimmer of something that speaks to them. Right. And, and, you know, just having that inspiration that, you know, look, if, if she can do it, this, this mm-hmm. fictional hero can do it, then I can tackle whatever is in my life. I, I can follow my dream and I can do whatever I put ahead, I worried and put that fear aside and go for it. And that's the inspiration I hope that these series will help build in the readers and listeners and help build this community where they find like-minded, uh, you know, readers and, and feel inspired and entertained and just having a blast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you write every day? I try to write every day, Pat, but doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes life happens. Yes. So what I try to do instead is keep the positive momentum and do something relating to writing. So maybe if I didn't have time to write the next chapter, I look into a little bit of the world building or I, I put down notes on the next book. I'll always try to do something that allows me to feel I, I, I worked and that the momentum is keep going. That's interesting. I, I know that you can get so caught up in what you're doing. And as you say, life happens. And when life is happening, you're wishing that you could be sitting down writing and getting this on paper. It's, it's a, a kind of a pull and a push, isn't it? 
It definitely is. And that's why, you know, I like to say, just like my main hero has a quest to find, to restore balance in the seven galaxies, I have a personal quest to find balance in my own life. Mm -hmm. And that's because I feel like sometimes I tend to swing from one extreme to the other. I either work too hard or I, I tend to not do what I feel like I should. And I learned over this writing journey that the balance is, that sometimes when you don't work and you don't write, you can still do other things. I can read a how-to book, and I still worked, you know, and I don't have to feel guilty about not being productive as per se. So that's something that is important to, to learn, and especially aspiring writers out there, it's important to keep it in, in your mind and not feel guilty about if you don't do what you plan to do. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating. But you said that I'm not doing what I should. And just that word should is an interesting word. It's like, what should you be doing? I struggle with that myself where I feel like, oh, I didn't do enough today. And at the end of the day, it's like, what does that even mean? How do I even define what is enough? It's definitely an interesting topic of how do you define what's enough because everyone is so different, right? Mm -hmm. And we can be our hardest critique and, 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 uh, you know, strictest boss. And that's why, again, we're back to that finding balance. If we can find balance and understand that there are other aspects that we can do that will still be enough, if mm-hmm. not more than enough. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, when you're a writer, reading a healthy book is huge. Reading a book in your genre, even better. Read a book outside your genre. Boom, you're a winner. Because these are the things that we tend to put aside as not important. But if you really look at it in a big picture way, everything adds up. The books that you read maybe gives you the most amazing idea that you can develop. And you don't even know it. It happened. So everything can be helpful. And and you never know when you really need that. Mm -hmm. And often time stepped away. When you step away from what it is that you are so immersed in, and you do something else. I know sometimes my husband will say, let's go play golf on Friday. I'm like, oh, I can't because I have this, this, and this. And then I end up doing it. And wow, what pleasure you have. And just the fact that you got away refreshes your mind. And you often come back so renewed with new ideas. So it is important to step away and find that balance uh, and not feel guilty about it. I completely agree with you, Pat. Mm-hmm. And and that is the self-care that we have to, you know, make sure we keep it in front of our eyes because, uh, you know, if we're, we're parents or if we're working or if we're both, it's easy to say, well, I don't have time for, for myself. I don't have time to do something. But it's important to take care of yourself, to refresh, uh, you know, and recharge, especially when you had a hard day because it's hard to be productive when we don't feel happy and then we're, you know, critical to ourselves. So it really is, the more you can take care of yourself, the better professional, whatever the field you're working in, the better professional you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ah, great conversation. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. So what's next? What's What are you working on now? I'm working on book four, and people who go to sgblazenews.com and sign up for my newsletter, they're going to get an exclusive review and, and view of uh, what's coming next with the uh, a, a blurb and a cover reveal. So I'm very excited to share that that's coming uh, soon. And we also, I just learned today, Pat, that we're going to be at WonderCon at the small press table number 12. And we're going to be there and in Anaheim. And I can't wait to meet people in person and, and all the audiences. It's just very exciting to, to go there in person and, 
Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I know, I just got chills for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alrighty, so you mentioned your website. Any other places that we should go to uh, keep up with you? Uh, listeners can find SG Blaze on Instagram. Uh, find me as SG Blaze uh, Official, SG Blaze Author, I believe, on Twitter. And the Last Luminion has a Facebook page uh, with the same name. And I'm happy to connect with anyone. I'm happy to answer any questions and inspire uh, any uh, authors who are in the beginning of their writing journey. So please feel free to reach out. Oh, you're awesome. And you will be so helpful to authors who have... Uh questions or thoughts or just want to have a conversation so we're talking with sg blaze the current winning book is titled proud pada the two previous books were titled the last luminian and true terran the website is sgblaze.com always so fun to talk with you i feel renewed and energized myself thank you so much for today keep writing keep sharing with us and uh yeah just thank you for who you are Thank you very kindly, Pat. It's such a pleasure to talk, and I'm always having a blast. I I feel recharged and inspired now, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Let's do this again soon. Thank you very much.